0: Acts chapter 26 in our text for this evening is the verse 15 there in verse 15 and I said who art thou Lord and he said I am Jesus who thy persecutest. grace grace a word that is found 125 times in the New Testament a word that we are used hearing a word that we may use in conversation and certainly a word that is used by preachers in declaring God's word grace but what does grace mean? we sang these two hymns tonight and grace is mentioned in both the hymns but what does grace mean? We're so well used and so well used to hearing the word but what does it mean? well simply put Grace means unmerited favor. That is, obtaining favor from God that is completely undeserving. Instead of judgment, grace. Instead of punishment, grace. Instead of condemnation, grace we receive precious benefits from the hand of the Lord our God which are completely undeserved and we say well that was the grace of God and when it comes to the salvation of man's soul that is all of grace. All of grace, because no son of Adam deserves or merits salvation. No son of Adam deserves or merits salvation. Salvation is all of grace now that Paul said for by grace are you saved Ephesians 2 and 8 and no wonder then did that converted slave traitor John Newton when writing that hymn described it as amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a sailor, like me. He called it amazing grace. And we sang tonight our opening hymn by Julia Johnson. And how did she describe the grace? She called it marvelous grace of our loving Lord. And no wonder that Paul the apostle spoke about grace more than anyone else in the New Testament Paul had much to say about grace because if any man knew anything about grace and certainly the saving grace of God the amazing grace the marvelous grace it was the Apostle Paul everything about that man's life was grace If you want to see saving grace in a man's life look at Paul or Saul of Tarsus as he was once known by. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners but Paul didn't stop there. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. regarded himself as being the chief of sinners he looked upon himself and really was saying no one was as great a sinner as I was and you know when we look tonight at this portion of scripture and we look tonight at Paul's testimony before Agrippa you'll find it hard to disagree with Paul and what was done in Paul's life could not be described any other way than by grace marvelous infinite matchless grace from sinner to saint from sinner to saint from murderer a missionary from one who persecuted the church to one who became a preacher of the gospel you can see the evidence of the saving grace of God in his life and there on the Damascus road God by his grace if you like Tim the terrorist brought this man hard hearted man brought him to his knees and made him a saint of God made him one of the greatest preachers who ever lived outside of Christ made him one of the greatest missionaries who ever lived grace looking at the life of this man Paul or Saul of Tarsus one is to notice first of all his cruelty you look at the cruel behavior of Saul of Tarsus and it convinces you of man's total depravity No, there's not a little spark of life in any man's soul. Man is totally, absolutely depraved. There's no hope for him except the grace of God. And that was Paul. It should be noted, verse 5, Paul was a very religious man what do you think of that verse 5 which knew me from the beginning and they would testify that after the most strictest sect of our religion I lived a Pharisee Paul was a religious man how do you think of that And many people today are very religious I would say they're very religious and because they're religious they don't believe they need to see the grace of God in their lives they don't need to experience the saving grace of God they've got their religion Paul was religious but he needed God's grace and we see how cruel religionists can be. You think of the Protestant Reformation and there the church of Rome took the likes of Ridley Cranberry tied them to the stake and set them on fire burned them all in the name of religion and a hit with For the truth of God's word. And the truth of the gospel. Notice here first of all his attitude. When Paul persecuted the saints of God. He believed he was doing the right thing. Look at verse 9. I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's the last time we have that title Jesus of Nazareth in the book of Acts. Jesus of Nazareth, we have that title seven times. This is the last reference to Jesus of Nazareth. But notice, Paul says, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth that was his attitude that's what he thought he should be doing and really that's what human religion is all about what people think what they think about God, what they think about sin, what they think about heaven, what they think about hell, what they think about salvation, what they think about God's truth, what they think. Sure, we have heard it all before. You go around the doors, give out gospel literature, talk to people at the door tell them they need to be saved and more often than that they'll say well I thought because I went to church I thought because I was a good neighbor I thought because I paid well into the church that God would accept me see, it's what they think you remember Nehman turn please the 2nd Kings in the chapter 5 2nd Kings 5 we'll read there in t- verses 10 and 11 and Elisha sent a messenger on to him saying go wash in Jordan seven times thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean Now verse 11 But Naaman was wroth and went away and said Behold, I thought See, same attitude I thought He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper I thought I thought when you go down the chapter verses 14 and 15 then went he down he went and did what the prophet told him to do then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child and he was clean many ways you could say Neville was born again according to his physical appearance, he's not like a child but we have noticed that whenever Elisha told him to go and do that Neville said, oh I thought I thought he would do this I thought he would do the other and that's not just the attitude of many today I thought it's not what man thinks it's what God says it's what God says in this book from Genesis to Revelation that's what man has to do if man is to be saved and go at last to heaven then he must go God's way because God's word declares the grace of God that bringeth salvation see it's the grace of God that bringeth salvation Titus 2 and 11 the grace of God not what people think (coughs) many a soul (coughs) tonight is in the lost eternally because they depended upon what they thought They should do, and what they thought that God would do if they did the best they could. How mistaken they were. As well as his attitude, we notice also his attacks. When we look at what Paul did to the Christians we wonder how a man could do such things and how that same man can ever become a Christian verses 10 and 11 makes hard reading doesn't it which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints did I shut up in prison Having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. I agreed. Just as he stood by and watched Stephen, then stoned to death. And so, when the Christians were stoned or shut up in prison or put to death, Paul agreed. Think of it. He agreed. What was done? And I punished them all in every synagogue, listen, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceeding mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. In other words, he drove them out from their home and drove them out from their own cities. He was exceedingly mad against them. You look at that and you say, Is there possibly be any hope for an individual like that, an individual who behaved in that way? Is there any hope? <coughs> well the grace of God gave Paul hope no matter how far down in sin a man may be grace can reach them and save them praise the Lord turn to Romans 5 Romans 5. And there we read in verses 20 and 21. Moreover, (coughs) the law entered, but the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, listen, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Those wonderful words. But the grace of God, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abide, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That word abound. That word abound means over and above. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, over and above the sins that any man could commit a man's sin accumulated over his lifetime they appear before God like a like a huge mountain a mountain of sin and that man may say there's no hope for me there's no hope for me look at my sins they're as high as a mountain Grace doth much more abound. Grace goes over and above. Any man who has a mountain of sin down to his name, think of that. Over and above. Grace goes over and above. A man's sin that's marvelous grace that's amazing grace that's the saving grace of God And Paul experienced it in his life and every one of us here tonight who's saved we can say I'm saved by grace alone this is all my plea Jesus died for sinful men and Jesus died for me and he saved me by his grace. By his grace. I didn't deserve it. Deserved the lowest hell. Deserved to be cast out of God's sight forever. But grace changed all of that. For where sin abides, grace doth much more abound. There's hope for the sinner when you look at words like that. as well as his attitude and his attacks we notice also his anger all that we just read there a moment or two ago verses 10 and 11 can be summed up in one word anger here was the fruit of Paul's anger hatred for the saints of God he had a hatred Father. Think of it. When the saints of God were put to death. Paul agreed. Paul was all on for it. Paul added, as it were, his own ends to the death of God's people. He was an angry individual. And how could a monster really with such anger and hatred in his heart how could that monster be tamed only by the grace of God praise the Lord only by the grace of God and oh what a change was wrought by God's grace in Paul's life because only grace could replace the anger and the hatred with love and compassion. Turn, please, to Romans chapter 9. Near the words of the same man, near the words of the same individual who testified before Agrippa. And told Agrippa all that he did. It's the same man. Only changed by the grace of God. And what did he say? Uh, Romans 9, the opening three verses. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Who for? For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the throne. The very same individuals that Paul would have agreed to being put to death. Now the same man has a heaviness and a continual (coughs) sorrow for his brethren, his kinsmen, according to the flesh. What changed? What took away the anger and the madness The grace of God, for that cannot be explained any other way. But the amazing, marvelous, infinite grace of our God. As well as Paul and his cruelty. We come now to Paul and his conversion. <coughs> on his way to persecute more of God's people he met the Lord he was going to persecute God's people and on the Damascus road he met God himself there verse 13 at midday O king Agrippa I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. So he wasn't alone on that road. There were others journeyed with him to do the same thing Paul was there going to Damascus to do, to arrest believers and put them either to death or put them in prison. And we are told at midday I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun there you have first of all the appearance of the Lord the appearance it's interesting that Paul described what he saw as a light from heaven a light from heaven and the one who met Paul that day declared himself to be the light of the world remember John 8 and verse 12. One of the great I Am's of Christ. I am the light of the world. And the light of the world appeared unto Paul that day on the road to Damascus. And the Lord Jesus is the light that came down from heaven. Now what Paul said There was a light from heaven. And the light from heaven was none other than Christ. That day on the road to Damascus. He that followeth. Me shall not walk in darkness. But shall have the light of life. And that day Paul received the light of life that day on the Damascus road Saul of Tarsus walked no more in darkness for there he received the light of life and instantaneously by the grace of God he became a new creature in Christ Jesus How was such a change made possible? By the niceless grace of God. But notice also, here's something that, that encourages. You notice it was a direct intervention by the Lord. In other words, there were no preachers there on that road to Damascus. There was no one preaching to Paul. Oh, no, I have no doubt he heard the gospel from those that he had persecuted. But here was Paul, or Saul of Tarsus, and there was no preacher there on that road. The Lord dealt with him directly. we can take encouragement from that that person you prayed for for some time that person you witnessed to for some time and told them about the Lord that person that you love to see sitting in the house of God under the sign of the gospel listen God can deal with them directly. They received the word. You prayed for them. But just as the Lord did with Saul of Tarsus, the Lord can deal with them directly. You can be sitting here in a church service and wish that that loved one is not safe was sitting beside you, hearing the gospel, well listen, you can go home tonight and that loved one can say to you, you know the Lord saved me tonight. The Lord dealt with me tonight here in my home. Here in our home. That's how the Lord dealt with Saul. He dealt with him directly to say we can take encouragement from that and that was indeed an act of God's grace as well as the appearance we have the arrest Paul had been the one who was arrested who had been arresting Christians committing them to prison but now he's arrested Verse 14 And when we were all fallen to the earth I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue "Soul, so why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Notice something here. when we're at any point in I can the scriptures tell us there were others who were on that road with Paul going to persecute more believers. So Paul wasn't alone. Yet what do we read in that verse? Paul says in verse 14 again and when they were all fallen to the earth. I heard a voice speaking unto me. The Lord didn't speak to the others on that road. Oh, they heard a voice and saw no man. But the Lord didn't speak to the others who were with Paul. Isn't that what Paul says? I heard a voice speaking unto me. The Lord spoke to Paul. I heard a voice speaking unto me. Acts 9 where we read about the conversion of Paul. Acts 9 and verse 7 And the men which journeyed with me stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no man they heard the voice alright but that voice was speaking to Paul that voice didn't speak to anyone else in that road and I would say once again there you have an example of God's grace and listen When God speaks to an individual in a meeting that's an act of God's grace. God can leave can have sinners come in to gospel meetings and not speak to them at all. But when God speaks to an individual that's an act of grace and there you see the grace of God in Paul's life there on the Damascus road where Paul was able to say I heard a voice speaking unto me the Lord spoke to Paul didn't speak to anybody else <coughs> there on that road and he speaks to sinners if a sinner is sitting in a gospel meeting and he knows the Lord speaking to me, then he ought to listen to these words today if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Indeed, that sinner ought to thank God that the Lord did speak and has spoken to. Him because here he had Paul's companions in crime the Lord didn't speak to the rest of them, he spoke to Paul as grace that was the grace of God in Paul's life as well as the appearance and the arrest we have the accusation even though Saul of Tarsus had been persecuting the Christians look at what the Lord accused them of, verses fourteen and fifteen. And when we had were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying, in the Hebrew tongue, "Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me?" It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thy persecutest. But here we have read, in those verses 10 and 11, what Paul was doing. It was all against the believers. And yet here the Lord says, Paul, why persecutest thou me? in other words lift a hand against the Christian and you lift that hand against Christ because as Christians we form the body of Christ and Christ is the head Colossians 1 verse 18 and he is the head of the body the church and so when believers are persecuted as the Lord said to Paul why persecutest thou me as I said lift a hand against believers and lift a hand against Christians and you do it against Christ because he's the head of the body he's the head of the body which is the church and yet yeah, And yet, in spite of what Paul did, and the Lord said to Paul, Why persecutest thou me? Yet the Lord still saved Paul, in spite of what he did against the Lord, in spite of persecuting the Lord Jesus. Paul later wrote to the believers at Corinth. And Paul says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I am what God has made me by His grace. Do you ever think? As he said on the Sabbath evening in the Lord's house where we would be tonight if the grace of God had not saved us where would we be? There's no telling where we'd be but we thank the Lord for his grace and we can say with Paul but by the grace of God I am what I am what I am now is by the grace of God as well as the cruelty of Paul the conversion of Paul we have finally the commission for Paul the gentleman who led me to Christ 5th of May 1969 a Monday evening about 9.30 Gee Free Presbyterian Church that man was a personal worker Tommy Ryans To thank the Lord for him Tommy Ryans before the church had a minister of his own conducted a Monday night Bible study for young people I regarded myself as as a young person then went along to that Bible study went along for about three months and then on that great night the Lord saved me but you know Tommy had a, a badge in his lapel and on that badge that he had in his lapel of his coat they're just three words saved to serve saved to serve and you look at Paul Paul was saved to serve each one of us are saved to serve not just to be saved and then just go on rejoicing our way to heaven we're saved to serve look at verse 16 Paul the Lord said but rise and stand upon thy feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose I have appeared unto thee for this purpose purpose and so from the moment Paul was saved there in the Damascus road Paul had a purpose in life I have appeared unto thee for this purpose you recall there back in Acts 9 where he was converted the Lord appeared unto him arrested him you remember what Paul said? Lord, what would I have me to do? From the moment he was saved by grace on the Damascus road, Paul surrendered his life to Christ. But notice something else. Paul didn't just say, what will thou have me to do? He said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? In other words, from the moment he was saved by grace, Christ was the Lord of his life. Christ was the Lord of his life. Not only Lord of his life, but he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? No reservations. What will thou have me to do? He surrendered his life to the Lord. And if Paul, if the Lord had a purpose for the life of Paul, he has a purpose for every one of us here. There's a purpose for every Christian. Remember Tommy's little badge. Saved to serve. Saved to serve. And here the Lord says to Paul. I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. I have a purpose for you Paul. And here we have this man on his knees acknowledging Christ as the Lord of his life there on that road to Damascus telling the Lord what will Thy heart me to do Send, surrendering his life to the Lord and you look at it again and you say how could such a change be possible so there's only one answer grace the grace of God the saving grace of God marvelous infinite <coughs> marvelous grace freely bestowed on all who believe so there was Paul in his purpose notice Paul in his preparation because the Lord said verse 16 but rise and stand upon thy feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose listen, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister that's right to make thee a minister it's the Lord that does the making of ministers remember what the Lord said to his first disciples Matthew 4 19 follow me and I will what make you fishers of men the verse that was used to call me into the ministry follow me and I will make you I'll make you fishers of men and here's Paul and the Lord tells them I have appeared unto you for this purpose to make thee a minister yes it's good to have our seminaries and their students to attend and study the seminaries do not make ministers Christ does the making The Lord is the one who does the making. I've appeared unto you for this purpose to make you, to make you a minister. Seminaries are necessary, of course, but the Lord is the one who does the making. You have this purpose, the Lord has a purpose for Paul. There was preparation. I will make you. And then you have his preaching. Just amazing. When you look at that, Paul's, the Lord told Paul, verse 17, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. The Lord told Paul and told Ananias that he was a chosen vessel unto me who will suffer many things. And here the Lord said, delivering me from the people and from the Gentiles until whom now I send thee. You see, a man's life is immortal until his work for God is done. The Lord was going to send Paul here to the Gentiles and to others with the gospel and he told them they would suffer many things. He may suffer many things but nothing would happen to Paul until his work for God was finished. Until his work was done. and the Lord said deliver thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee verse 18 here's his preaching to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by fear that is in thee what a wonderful message Paul had and there he is the man who spoke just a few verses before about what he did to believers what he did to Christians what he did to the church and lo and behold He's now going to be sent forth to preach the very gospel he heard, and to open their eyes by the grace of God and to turn them from darkness to light from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Didn't Paul have a great message? Boy, he did. And the Lord gave Paul that message. That day that he converted him. That day that he saved him by his grace. There on the Damascus Road. And the Lord blessed his word. To our hearts tonight, as we have considered the amazing grace of God in this man, Paul's life. Let's bow in prayer. Our oh, dear Lord and loving God, we thank Thee for showing us again examples of the grace of God in Paul's life. Amazing grace. To change this man. Change them from persecuting the saints to go out and preach to sinners. To thank thee, Lord, for reminding us that thy hast a purpose for every Christian. Even Lord, as I did show Paul, thou does have a purpose for him and Lord we know Thy has the purpose for us all may we Lord seek thy face to discern what that purpose is and Lord we might serve thee with nothing less than our all Lord we thank thee for this day pray thou would be with us now as we leave the house of God Lord be with us throughout this week keep us safe and healthy and well and bless us Lord until we meet again now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be an abiding portion, in mine. and until the day breaks and the shadows they all flee away and